Ready to become fluent with the Thinking in English community? Look no further. Introducing Thinking in English classes run by qualified English teachers. We have designed our own group classes and tuition platform where you can take interactive English Zoom lessons. Each lesson comes with PDF worksheets, self-study exercises and expert teacher feedback. Visit my website thinkinginenglish.link to explore our wide range of packages and sign up for a half-price trial lesson. But hurry, this offer won't last forever. If you are new to Thinking in English classes, enter the code TRIAL50 during sign-up to unlock your exclusive half-price trial lesson. That's TRIAL50. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to elevate your English skills. Join our growing community of learners and let us guide you on your language learning journey. Hello, I'm Tom Wilkinson and welcome to the Thinking in English podcast, a podcast for intermediate to advanced level English learners. In English, we call Germany, Germany. In German, it's Deutschland. In Japanese, it's Deutsche. In French, it's Alemannia. Today, I want to look at why countries have different names in different languages. You can find the full transcript of today's episode over on the Thinking in English blog. Check out my Instagram page and YouTube channel for more great content. Join my conversation clubs and Patreon to improve your English. And here is today's vocabulary list. To name to name, to give someone or something a name, as in, we named our dogs Shandy and Belle. Endonym, endonym, the name used to refer to a place by its inhabitants, as opposed to the name used by foreigners. For example, in the 1920s, Reza Shah requested that the West call his country by its endonym, Iran, rather than Persia. Exonym. Exonym. A name used by outsiders for a place. For example, Japan is an exonym. In Japan, they call their country Nihon or Nippon. Linguistic. Linguistic. Connected with the language or the study of language. As in, I'm particularly interested in the linguistic development of young children. Variation. Variation. Something that is slightly different from the usual form or arrangement. For example, the films she makes are all variations on the same theme. To derive. To derive. To get something from something else. For instance, the institute derives all its money from foreign investments. To entrench, to entrench, to firmly establish something, especially an idea or a problem, so that it cannot be changed. For example, some attitudes are deeply entrenched in our society. Have you ever thought about your country's name? Where did the name come from? In some cases, it is quite easy to find the origins of a name. I come from England. 
the land of the Angles, a Germanic tribe who settled in England about 1,500 years ago. Hence Angleland, England. The name of the European country Montenegro, or in Montenegrin Tsurnagora, literally means Black Mountain, referring to the appearance of the large mountain in the country. And South America's Bolivia is named after the Venezuelan independence fighter Simon Bolivar. In fact, almost every country in the world is named after one of four things. Either a tribe or ethnic group, as in France is named after the Franks, and Vietnam is the Viet people from the south. Or it's named after a geographical or land feature, for instance, Sierra Leone was given its name meaning Lion Mountains, not due to the animals, but due to the roaring thunder in the mountains. It could be named after a direction. Japan, or Nihon, literally means land of the rising sun, as it is east of China, while China's name, Zhongguo, literally means Middle Kingdom. Or it could also be named after men, the Philippines are named after King Philip II, while Mauritius was named after Maurice of Nassau. There are a few countries that don't fall into the above categories. The names of Mexico, named after an Aztec city, and Comoros, a small African island, are apparently both connected to the moon originally. And my favourite country name is Drukyul, Bhutan's name for itself which means Land of the Thunder Dragon. And then there are some countries with mysterious, unknown or disputed names. No one knows for sure how Malta or Nepal got their names. Now, you may have noticed something while I was naming countries. They may not be the country names you are used to using. And I'm very aware of this. I'm from the UK, or more specifically from England, but in Japan, I don't come from England, I come from Igirisu. And in Taiwan, I was from Yingguo. A few weeks ago, I received a message criticising me for using the English name for the country Turkey instead of the Turkish pronunciation. And they recently changed their name at the UN, which is why it's such a big topic there. But when I asked that same person what they call my country in Turkish, it definitely wasn't England. When you live in an international world, talking with people in various languages and from various countries, it's important to understand the different names we have for countries and cities in different languages. I have a friend from China, so Zhongguo in his language, and we would speak Japanese together, meaning his country's name was Chugoku in Japanese. It can all be quite confusing when you have multiple names for countries. There are two basic types of name, endonyms and exonyms. These terms were first used in the 1950s by the geographer Marcel Orosso to refer to insider names, or endonyms, and outsider names, or exonyms. These terms describe the ways in which a particular location, region, or country is referred to by the people who live there or by people who do not. Exonyms are the names that people from outside a country or culture use to refer to a place. Endonyms, on the other hand, are the names that people from the place itself use to refer to their own location, region or country. 
For example, in English, we refer to Germany as Germany. But in German, Germany is known as Deutschland. Germany is the exonym for this country, as it is the name that English speakers use to refer to the country. Deutschland is the endonym, as it is the name that Germans themselves use. Another example is the country of Japan. In Japanese, the country is known as Nihon or Nippon. But in English, we call it Japan. Japan is the exonym, while Nihon and Nippon are the endonyms, as they are the names that Japanese people themselves use. Exonyms and endonyms can have different origins. Exonyms may be based on the sound of the word in the original language, or they may be based on the way that the place is perceived by the people who speak a different language. Endonyms, on the other hand, are often based on the language or dialect spoken by the people who live in that place. Throughout history, many countries and cities have undergone significant political, social and cultural changes, which can lead to different names being used for the same place. Cultural differences and linguistic barriers can also influence the way a place is named in different languages. One example of this is the city of Istanbul, which has been known by different names throughout its history. After being conquered by the Ottoman Empire in the 15th century, Istanbul was named Istanbul. In Turkish, Istanbul means in the city or to the city, reflecting the significance of the city as the heart of the Ottoman Empire. However, in other languages, the city is still referred to by its older name, Constantinople which reflects the city's historical roots as a major centre of the Byzantine Empire. Another example is the country now known as Iran. Prior to 1935, Iran was known as Persia, which reflected the historical influence of the Persian Empire. However, in 1935, the Iranian government requested that the international community use the name Iran, which is derived from the Persian word for the land of the Aryans. The change in name was intended to reflect the modern and diverse nature of the country, which includes many different ethnic groups beyond just the Persian people. However, some languages still use Persia to refer to Iran. In some cases, cultural differences and linguistic barriers can also play a role in the use of different names for the same place. The country of Germany is known as Deutschland in German, which is derived from Old High German words, meaning of the people. The English name Germany, on the other hand, comes from the Latin words Germania, which was used by ancient Romans to refer to the tribes that lived north of the Roman Empire in the region that is now Germany. The different names reflect the linguistic and cultural differences between the German and English-speaking worlds. There are also linguistic reasons for exonyms and endonyms that are rooted in differences between languages in terms of their sounds or phonetics, their language structures and translations. Different languages have different ways of pronouncing sounds, which can lead to variations in how names are pronounced and written. This can result in different names for the same place or people in different languages. Now, there are some really obvious examples. The capital of France is Paris, but in English we say Paris. Why this difference? Well, 
in French, they tend not to pronounce the S at the end of words, while in English we do. So naturally, English people, when they see the word Paris, they read Paris. Another example is the city of Florence in Italy. The city is known as Firenze in Italian, which reflects the Italian language's pronunciation and structure. But the name Florence is an exonym that has been derived from the French name Florence, which was introduced by French-speaking merchants in the Middle Ages. The English name Florence has been adopted from the French exonym. Translations can also play a role in the use of different names for the same place or people. For example, the city of Vienna in Austria is known as Wien in Germany, but in French it's Vienne and in Chinese it's Vienna, which re names reflecting the linguistic differences in these languages. People in the past didn't just stay in their villages for their entire lives. There were great movements of people through trade, religious pilgrimages, fleeing hard times and more. And as these people with different languages and different alphabets interacted with each other, new names entered the language. For example, the German town of Aachen is called Aix-la-Chapelle in French, but both names have the same origin from the Latin Aque. Another interesting example I found when researching this episode is the Welsh town Monmouth, or in Welsh, Trevanoi. They sound really different, Monmouth and Trevanoi, but they have the same origin. The town is on the mouth of the river Mono, hence Mono Mouth, Monmouth. In Welsh, Mono is pronounced Menoi. Instead of adding mouth at the end, they added town to the front, making the name Tremenoi. And a few centuries ago, the M in Welsh somehow changed to an F pronounced like a V, making the modern Welsh name Trevanoi. Linguistic differences and historical changes explain the endonym and exonym in so many different places. While many places around the world have distinct endonyms and exonyms, there are also some places that do not have clear distinctions in different languages. In some cases, this is due to the place's ancient history and its influence on different cultures, while in others, it's due to the place's relatively recent establishment and lack of significant international influence. For example, ancient cities like Rome and Athens have similar names in many languages, such as Roma in Italian, Rome in English, Rom in Swedish. This is because these cities were important centres of culture and civilization in ancient times, and their names spread through the world through trade and conquest. As a result, their names became entrenched in many different languages, without the need for distinct endonyms or exonyms. On the other hand, there are many modern cities that don't have many exonyms, such as Edmonton in Canada. While Edmonton is a large and important city in Canada, it has not had significant international influence throughout history. As a result, its name has not spread widely across different languages, and there is less need for exonyms for Edmonton in different languages. Another example is the city of Manchester in the UK. In most European languages, it's also called Manchester. 
and that's because Manchester is a relatively new city. It was a small village until it was developed in the Industrial Revolution around 200 years ago. Compare this with London, which has different names in many languages, like Londres in French or Londinium in some languages. Another example of a place without distinct endonyms or exonyms is actually the Sahara Desert. The Sahara is the largest hot desert in the world, spanning multiple countries in North Africa. But its name is not significantly different in different languages, reflecting the fact that it has not been subject to significant international influence or colonisation. While the Sahara is an important natural landmark, its name has not become entrenched in different languages, to the same extent as other places that have had greater international influence. Learning about endonyms and exonyms can be incredibly valuable for language learners. It can help you guys understand the cultural and historical context behind place names and people's names, providing insights into a region's history and traditions. By understanding the endonyms and exonyms for different places and people, learners can improve their language proficiency, expand their vocabulary and develop a more accurate understanding of grammar and syntax. In addition, understanding endonyms and exonyms can help you develop cultural competence. By showing respect for culture and history of people who live in a particular region, you can communicate more effectively and appropriately in cross-cultural contexts. This can be particularly important when travelling or working in different parts of the world. Finally, learning about endonyms and exonyms can help you avoid misunderstandings and miscommunications. By using the correct names for different places and people in different languages, you can ensure that, they, that you are understood by native speakers and that you avoid confusion. This can be particularly important when you're travelling or working in a foreign country, when accurate communication is essential. Overall, understanding endonyms and exonyms can help you develop a deeper appreciation and understanding of the language you are learning, English in this case, while also improving your ability to communicate effectively in different cultural contexts. So here is today's final thought. I've always been fascinated by the names of countries, especially how names can be so different in different languages. I myself have had to adjust to being from the UK when I'm with English speakers, but from Igirisu in Japan and Yingguo when I lived in Taiwan. And there are some really interesting endonyms and exonyms I didn't have the chance to mention in this episode like Hungary and Mayorodzag, Georgia and Sakatvelo, Finland and Suomi, or Greece and Elas. Hopefully, after listening to this episode, you understand a little more about names of countries around the world. What is your country's endonym and exonym, if it has one? And do you know the origin of your country's names? I'd love for as many of you as possible to write your countries and your countries' exonyms and endonyms. For example, if you're from uh, Spain, you'd write Spain in English and uh, España in, in Spanish. And 
let's share a list of different endonyms and exonyms around the world. You can make this list on the uh, Thinking in English transcript, the episode transcript over on the blog. That might be the best place. Uh, but you can also leave comments on Spotify if you're listening on Spotify right now or send me a message on Instagram. I might put a post up uh, when I release this episode and you can comment your country's endonyms and exonyms. I think it'll be really interesting. So do it from English and in your own native language, of course. Uh, but thank you all for listening to this episode. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, leave a five-star rating wherever you're listening. You can join my conversation club and support me on Patreon to improve your English and listen to bonus episodes. The link is in the description. You can also donate by uh, clicking the link in the description and follow me on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel as well. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.